You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 55. Are you spending all of your energy worrying about growing your traffic? Here's the thing. Getting more traffic is always a good idea, but what if you could get more out of the traffic that you already have on your website? Let's talk about how you can improve the experience on your website and stretch the traffic that you already have coming in. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience. But building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Welcome back, friends. I'm so happy that you are tuning in today. And if this is your very first time listening to the podcast, maybe another food blogger told you about it or you found it on Instagram, I'm just so glad that you are listening and tuning in today. My name is Madison Weatherill and I am a web designer for food bloggers. I have been working with food bloggers almost exclusively for about the last two years and before that have been running my web design business for about five, almost six now. And so it has just been a journey just really diving full into the food blogger world and getting to know what food bloggers need and how this world works because as you know, the food blogging world is very different from any other industry, even other blogging industries, food blogging is just so different in a lot of ways. So today I wanted to talk about something that I hear a lot, and that is traffic. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody talking about wanting to grow their traffic, I could probably retire by now. Because as a food blogger, that is a huge issue. It's how do you improve and grow your traffic and get more people to your site. Now, more traffic can lead to so many things for your blog. So it's no wonder that this is a hot topic issue in Facebook groups and just in circles of other food bloggers. The reality is that there is a part of you that is constantly chasing more traffic. But what if part of the secret to growing your traffic was simply making some changes to the way that you are blogging so that you can double down on the traffic that you already have? Now, in order to get more out of the traffic on your website, you first have to figure out what your people need from you. And yes, you may have random people coming to your website who are not your ideal audience, but they still landed on your chicken casserole recipe for a reason. And so you need to get in their head to figure out why. What is it about this particular recipe that made them click over? Is it a specific ingredient? Is it a specific diet that it follows? Is it just that it has beautiful photos on Pinterest? What is it about your recipe that made them click over? Because as you know, there are so many food blogs these days. There are so many recipes these days. So there is a very specific reason that someone clicked over and wanted to learn more about your recipe. So that's what we need to figure out. Why are they searching for this particular recipe or term in the first place? What is it that they are struggling with? With that is leading them to this recipe. So with the chicken casserole example, maybe they are cooking a chicken casserole for someone else. Maybe it is a gift that they are giving to somebody who is sick or just had a baby. It could be sharing it with somebody else. Maybe they are 
really just trying to conquer dinner and have a busy schedule. And so they are trying to have a one pan dinner that gets dinner on the table in under 30 minutes. Once you can really start to speculate why they might be coming to this recipe, because it's not going to be that they told you this necessarily. I think that's a huge misconception that when I talk about things like knowing your audience and what they want from you, you definitely, there are ways to get to know your audience and talk to them and ask these questions. But when you start to go down this road of trying to figure out what people want from you, at first you are just going to kind of have to read between the lines and speculate what is going on here. So once you start to think about these things and you start to kind of put the pieces together of why someone might want this recipe, you can even think about why you came up with this recipe in the first place. Then you can think about what other content would be really helpful for them. What content do you have that is similar or that you could create in the future? Maybe what kinds of tips would they need if that is the reason that they're going for this recipe? Can you maybe give tips to make the recipe even faster or make it allergy friendly if you know that it's something that people would share with someone else? And then you want to start thinking about how can you make sure that people see that other content that you are sharing in your blog post. If you are linking it, then obviously it's going to be a different color or maybe it's underlined. There's going to be a way for it to stand out. But you want to think through, what do you want them to see? What do you want them to do after they visit this recipe? And ultimately, think through how you can become a trusted resource for this person. And this applies whether or not you are attracting your ideal audience in this scenario. Maybe it truly is someone random from Pinterest who came over and isn't your ideal audience at all. You can still become a trusted resource for them based on this type of content and why they came to you for this content. Now, over the years, designing probably a hundred websites for food bloggers at this point, I have noticed that there are a lot of prime real estate places that are really missed when it comes to this idea of getting people to dig more into your site. I think a lot of people will say that they want their users to find more of their content or kind of dig around, but we forget that for most people, they are not using your blog as often as you are. In fact, I would bet that none of your readers are using your blog as often as you are. And so it's really important to get inside our readers' heads when we think about improving the user experience on your website. So we're going to jump into just a few quick ways that you can improve the user experience on your blog to not only help people dig into your content further, but also to become that resource and that website that people want to turn back to because it was so helpful for them in the first place. So the first way to improve your user experience is to make sure that your website is not intrusive and overwhelming. This is something that is really, really hard in the food blogging world, but you really want to limit the amount of pop-ups, ads, automatically playing videos, and other intrusions that are happening on your site as it's loading. I know it seems like these things are helpful. Maybe you have reasons that you are running these things because you are trying to grow your email list or you are making money from your video ads or maybe you have different pop-ups for different things. But when there are six different pop-ups, even three different pop-ups happening on one site as it loads, it's going to be very overwhelming for anyone that is visiting your website, but especially somebody who is visiting your website for the first time. 
Now, I am not saying that all of these things are bad, that you shouldn't run ads. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that if I go to a website and I have to exit out of more than two things on there just to be able to get the page to load to see the actual content, then I am going to click the X out of that site and I'm going to find something else. And that is coming from somebody who uses websites and food blogs on a daily basis. So imagine how it must feel to your audience members that are not as used to navigating a website, who maybe don't use Pinterest all the time. These are the types of things that we really have to think about. We have to kind of put aside our own experiences with our website and even with other people's websites and have to remember what this is like for our audience who is not used to this. Now, the second thing that you want to think about and how to improve the user experience on your website is to make sure that your site is loading quickly. Now, page speed is a way bigger topic than we have time for today, but I want you to just take a look at your site and I want you to notice how quickly it loads. It is even better if you can do this in a private or incognito browser so that it is not kind of preloading stuff. It's great if you can do this on somebody else's computer. Back in the day when you could go to the Apple store, you could do it there. But you want to just look at how quickly to the naked eye is your site loading. You can also use page speed tools like Google PageSpeed Insights or GT Metrics, but you can look at the time that it's taking to load everything on your site. Does your website load smoothly? Are things jumping around or is the layout moving or messed up as it loads fully? These are all things that you should pay attention to and you should have on your radar as something that could really impact the user experience on your site and make somebody want to leave your site and not come back. And the thing about page speed and why this is really important for things like Google and even Pinterest is that if you have many users who are clicking off of your site because it's not loading quickly, that sends a signal to those search engines that says this is not a good site. And so in the long term, this can affect the overall growth of your blog because Google or Pinterest sees your site as a site that is not a good one because people are quickly leaving it and going back to their search results. The next thing you want to think about is knowing where you want your audience to go. Now, so often the end result for food bloggers is that you want someone to make your recipe, but then what do you want them to do? Do you want them to make that recipe and then never come back? My guess is that for all of you, the answer is no. You want them to come back and try more of your recipes. You want them to remember your website, remember the recipe that they made. Maybe you want them to leave a rating or subscribe to your email list. There are a lot of things that you could want someone to do, but so often I find that food bloggers are not giving a clear call to action to what they want someone to do as their next step. And so most of the time you have your users who are making your recipe and then forgetting about it. They're never coming back or maybe they try to find it again on Pinterest and the search feed changes and so they can never find that recipe to make again. So you want to figure out what the next best step is for somebody who is on your website, who's making a specific recipe of yours, and knowing that is exponentially going to increase the user experience on your site, and you're also going to see a bump in your audience and the amount of traffic that you're getting as well. Once you start considering these things, you're going to be on your way to figuring out how to get people to stay on your website longer, which is truly the most important step to converting a random user from Pinterest or Google into a subscriber, an audience member, or a raving fan. Now, this is exactly what my presentation is going to be on during the Food Blogger Summit, which starts on October 26th, 2020. 
During this presentation, you are going to learn how to keep people on your website longer so that you can get more traffic and stretch that traffic that you're already getting. Now, when you can keep people on your website longer, you're going to be able to increase your ad impressions, convert more people into loyal readers, and become that resource that people want to come back to. Now, my presentation is on the first day of the Food Blogger Summit, and along with my presentation, you can also catch these other presentations on that first day. You can learn from Jason Logston, who's going to be talking about going beyond the ad network, exploring creative ways to make money from your blog. Liz Falsigno, who's talking about updating old content, how it's the gateway to thousands of extra page views. You can attend my presentation, how to keep visitors on your website longer. Then we're going to be having a workshop style training with Megan Porta, who she's going to be talking about how to accomplish more in less time. Then we have O'Malley Lucas talking about how to go from food blog to a legit business, how to find your blog's secret sauce. And the final presentation for the first day is with Megan Williamson on how to grow your audience and profit with Pinterest. So as you can see, we have so many topics covered and that is just the very first day of the summit. So if you haven't grabbed your free ticket to the Food Blogger Summit, I want you to stop what you're doing right now, unless you're driving, and I want you to go to the Food Blogger Summit to sign up. This is a four-day virtual event and it is happening October 26th through the 29th and you are not going to want to miss a second of this action-packed event. There are over 20 presentations with industry experts specific to food bloggers. This event was designed for you. It was designed to cover the topics that you want to learn about and the topics that you need to learn about in order to grow your blog. So make sure you head over to thefoodbloggersummit.com, grab your free ticket, and then you will also be able to grab the All Access Pass, which has over $800 in bonuses from our speakers, things like courses and trainings, workshops, templates, and all sorts of things that you are definitely going to want to grab for the lowest price possible. So make sure you head over there, grab your free ticket, check out that all access pass and grab that too. And I just cannot wait to see you there. It's going to be such a fun four day event and you're not going to want to miss it. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, learning how to improve your website experience and get people to dig into your content further. I hope that you will attend part two of this episode, which will be my presentation during the Food Blogger Summit. This event is definitely going to set you up for success to make 2021 your blog's best year ever. I'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.